0: Welcome, everybody, once again. We are studying the book of Genesis, the life of Joseph. I've entitled this series simply, Modern Day Josephs. That even in today's day and age, we can still live lives and shine for Jesus and be The man, the woman that God has called us to be. And we're using Joseph as an example that although Joseph was an incredible man of God, that doesn't mean that it is unique to him that we can also live a life like Joseph did despite the day we live in, despite the circumstances. Because I've always heard the excuse, well, you know, Pastor, Joseph was Joseph, Daniel was Daniel, Moses was Moses. These were unique people. We can never live lives like that. We... But that is not true. That is not true at all. We can live lives just like that. Jesus said that the miracles that I do, he said, you can even do them. You greater things that you will do. Now, that doesn't say or that doesn't mean that we're going we're to live lives of miracles every single moment of our lives. But what that means is overall, we can still live lives of power. We can still live lives that bring glory to God. Yes, in this generation in which you live in. Yes, through you. That's right. In, and in the corner, in the part of the vineyard that God has placed you, you can make a difference in this world. My text is found in Genesis chapter 41, verses 44 to 57. I've entitled this message, How to Get Promoted. Now this isn't, I don't like usually preaching the how messages, how to. We have a lot of books on how to, how to do this and how to do that, certain steps. So I was a little bit reluctant, but I want to focus in on the word promoted. We all like to be promoted, but what does it mean to be promoted Through the eyes of God. That's what I want to talk about this morning. How to get promoted. Genesis chapter 41 verses 44 to 57. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephanath Paniah. And he gave him to wife Azineth, the daughter of pati Pera, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt. And he laid up the food in the cities, the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid up he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sea, a sand of the sea, very much, until he left numbering, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons. Please underscore that. Two sons. Before the years of famine came, Azinath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God said, He hath made me forget, underscore that word, all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful, underscore that word, in the land of my affliction, underscore that word as well. And the seven years of the plenteous that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of dearth, or famine, began to come. According to Joseph had said, And the dearth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph. (laughs) What he saith to you, do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. All the famine waxed soar in the land of Egypt. And all the countries, notice, all the countries came unto Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so great in all the lands. What a story. What an incredible story we have before us. So many principles that we can apply in our own lives as modern-day Josephs. How we can live today in this world, the way Joseph did. Different background, different environment, but the principles remain the same. What is the backdrop to our story, to our text? If you remember, Joseph was thrusted into prison. He was thrown into a pit by his brothers, thrusted into prison by the Ishmaelites, who found him in the pit there he suffered a great deal joseph has been suffering for years his brothers tormented him constantly hurt him with such pain and agony and he went from the pit to the prison and there he met two men a butler and a baker providential god arranged it that way the timing of joseph's incarceration was exactly the time of the butler and, and 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 the baker Everything in this story is about God's providence and about God's timing as it is in your life, my friend. As it is in my life. If you're a child of God, you can be sure that God is leading and directing you even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it. And so there is Joseph in prison with two men. They both have dreamed and the butler has this particular dream. And Joseph just so happens to be there while he's having the dream. He's confused. Joseph interprets the dream and tells him, Mr. Butler, you're going to be spared. The baker, however, will not. And you'll be released after three days. And that's exactly what happened. Unlike some of the prophecies today where you hear many prophecies, vague, vague, generic, nothing specific but this was specific 3 days you'll be released 3 days and by the way mr mr butler can you please remember what i told you don't forget to tell pharaoh that i told you this would happen but as we said the other day the butler forgot he got a case of amnesia And forgot to tell Pharaoh. Ah, but you see, God is a providential God. We might forget to do things. We may not do things. But God is in control and he's still working out his plan. And while the butler forgot, God gave a dream to Pharaoh. Nobody can interpret Pharaoh's dream. And and all of a sudden, the butler comes out of his amnesia. And he says, oh, oh, Pharaoh, oh, king, oh, king, I remember something. Yeah, yeah, I remember there was a man in prison by the name of Joseph. He interpreted my dream exactly and told me what would happen. And that's exactly what took place. Perhaps he can interpret this dream. Joseph is brought before Pharaoh. Joseph interprets this incredible dream of six skinny cows eating up seven, seven fat cows, six skinny small got ears of corn eating up the seven full corn, interpreting the dream and telling Pharaoh that there'll be seven years of famine. But don't worry, don't worry. If you can just take caution, if we can just store up in our house, uh, in the storehouses, while there's seven years of plenty, seven years of feast, if we can just prepare ourselves. There's the key word to this whole sermon. Preparation. If we can just prepare ourselves in advance like the ants do. Prepare ourselves in the advance to store up while we're in plenty, while we're doing well store it up so that when famine comes we'll have enough and pharaoh was well pleased and joseph got his promotion when joseph interpret pharaoh's dream this propelled joseph into his de- destiny and so as we begin this morning here is joseph my brothers and my sisters he is standing before the king the king of egypt pharaoh and what does joseph see he sees a magnificent courtroom, a throne of ivory, steps made out of marble that he's never seen anything like this before. He sees a live lion lying by Pharaoh's feet. And behind Pharaoh are slaves with ostrich feathers fanning him from the heat. And around the king are ministers and the brain trust of the state of Egypt. All of the nobility are there. And before him, before the king stands, who? Joseph, a Hebrew slave, his face and body gaunt and ragged from prison life what a contrast, what a scene Joseph, the slave is now propelled before the king God is about to do something that only he can do Joseph is about to become the prime minister of Egypt. Can you imagine how Joseph felt? You see, brothers, what we need to understand for every modern day Joseph who is going through some form of pit, some form of pit, what we need to understand is that we read the story, we know what took place, but Joseph had no idea. As he was going through what he went through, what his destiny was. Joseph had dreams, he had a dream, but he didn't fully understand what the significance of the dream meant. When he saw his brothers bow before him back in Genesis 37, that actually got him into trouble with his brothers, but he didn't fully understand the extent of it. And so it is with you. It is so often that we might be going along in our journey with God, and God might be doing things in our lives, but but we're not sure, we don't fully understand some of the things that we're going through. Joseph had no clue he was just living day by day doing what God had called him to do and there he is standing before Pharaoh had no idea what will take place in a matter of moments because God is the God of Sunlies. 13 years have passed from his experience in the pit and now he's 30 years of age the Bible tells us he's been on an incredible journey you see friends our whole life is a journey when you're a Christian when you're a believer you're in a race you're in a race, The race the Bible speaks of in Hebrew is your walk, it's it's your life, it's your journey and it says to keep running this race because we're in a journey and in this journey there's different avenues, there's different areas, there's different things that we go through, the steps of a righteous, the steps, the steps, the spe- steps speaks of a chapter in your life, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, there are different steps we go through, different experiences we go through in this journey and now John. Joseph, he's in this incredible step as he stands before Pharaoh. No idea that God was preparing him to be the right hand man of the most powerful man in the entire world. Now you think about how incredible that is. I need to ask you, Mr. Modern Day Joseph. What is God preparing you for that you do not see that you're not aware of? What is God doing in your life right now as we speak that you're not even aware of? You're aware of some of the trials you've gone through. You're aware, obviously, of some of the experiences you've gone through. But your destiny is not clear. Do you think David understood that God was calling him to be a king? When he was in the field with his, his, his father's flock, sheep, as he's cleaning up the manure, as he's experiencing all of the ridicule from his brothers, even his own father rejected him. Do you think David understood what God was doing in his life when he was fighting off the bears as they were attacking his sheep? And back in the day of David in the Middle East, there were lots of bears. People have asked me, Pastor, what a bear? The Bible must be wrong. There's no bears in Israel. Yes, there were. Do you think David understood when he was fighting off the lions? Do you even think David understood when he was fighting Goliath what God had called him to be? Everything David went through, he went through as preparation for his destiny. And so it is with you, my friend. We all can apply these steps in our lives. Do you think Moses understood do you, Moses of all, he had no clue, as he's being raised, an Egyptian, sees one of his fellow Hebrews, he didn't even know there were fellow Hebrews, beaten, something inside him stirred, he wanted to protect them, and he fights off the taskmaster, and kills the taskmaster, and buries him under the earth, he turns to his right and left, he wants to see if anybody notices Finally, word comes out that somebody saw him. Pharaoh wants to kill him, and he's on the run. And for the next 40 years, he's in another desert, Midian. Do you think that Moses understood that God was calling him to be the great deliverer of the people that he didn't even know that he was a part of? So it is with you and me? there are many life lessons we're going to learn today brothers and sisters and so everything that these men went through and everything that you're going through is preparing you for your future preparing you for your destiny on how God prepared Joseph for this task is absolutely incredible, but it applies to us. These principles we're gonna look at this morning applies to us. Let me give you two scriptures as I set the tone. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse eleven, and Proverbs 23, verse 18. Look what the Bible says. For I know the thoughts I have towards you, saith to the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. I one translation calls it. I know the plans, I have plans for you, I have thoughts for you, there is a plan, this is what I want to set right off the beginning, this is something we need to understand without a shadow of a doubt, this is what's going to help us continue in this journey. Friends, God has not only thoughts for you, but He's got plans towards you and for you. Plans of peace. Plans to give you hope. To give you an expected end. In other words, what that means is to give you destiny and purpose. Proverbs chapter 28. Listen to this one. This one's really powerful. We're going a little deeper. 23, 18. Proverbs 23, 18. Oh yeah, here it is. Surely a future hope for you. Watch this now. There is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. This is speaking of God's plan, a future plan, future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. God has a hope for you, a plan for you. You, speaking individually. This is not for the nation of Israel. This is for the modern day Josephs that are sitting, and Josephettes that are sitting in this room today. And if you don't understand that you, that's right, you, personally, not not the pastor, not the nation, you personally, personally you have a destiny you have a calling you god has designed there's a plan for your life if you don't believe god has a plan for your life then you've got no reason to keep going do you see what i'm saying if god has a plan for you then you have destiny In verse 41 we notice Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of the whole land, in some sense the whole world. Can you imagine just hours ago, here we have a slave. A slave living in prison, standing before a great king and now he's promoted in such an incredible way. It seems absurd that Joseph... start in such a position, but God didn't do it overnight, my friends. You see, this is what we need to understand. God didn't just promote Joseph overnight. My title is, how to get promoted. It didn't start, it didn't happen overnight. It started many years ago. You see, your promotion to the next level spiritually starts many years ago. There's a process. and as we go through one experience in that process we go to another experience it started years ago and you know it started many would say in the pit when his brothers casted him in the pit that process began it began in such a horrific way Maybe for you, Mr. Joseph, you are in some pit, but this is the beginning, it's a process that has not ended. It doesn't end in the pit, it begins in the pit. It begins in the pit. doesn't happen overnight. Preparation takes time. 1 Timothy, please, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. If God just promoted you overnight, He would go against His word. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Speaking of the bishops, but let's go deeper. Watch now. Verse number six. But a novice, here we go. A novice, what is a novice? Inexperienced. A fledgling. Someone who doesn't, hasn't experienced that much. Is starting off. Somebody that's starting off. If someone who's starting off, a novice lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into condemnation of the devil. In other words, if God promotes you and gives you all these things right away to a novice, God... Gives you all these great things right away. If you come into fruition of what God has called you to be. If God has put you in that position right away. If God has called you to be a priest of a, or a, rather a pastor or an evangel, some kind that you might think is, a, is a, an important office. If God just thrusted you into the ministry and God is using you in a powerful way overnight. That, that could be dangerous. You see, you need to pay your dues before you experience the palace. Joseph, as great as he was, needed to have the pit in prisons, the dues. He had to pay his dues. He had to go through things before he entered up in the palace. You see, if if not, then pride would have said, Look at me. You know how many people start off young ones and somehow they've manipulated they find themselves in some form in some great position God didn't bring them there somehow they found themselves there I don't know maybe somebody liked them and brought them into a place where they where they shouldn't be but there they are there they are and they're thrusted in right away oh yeah I know people who've graduated from Bible College they're are they're green they're young and they got great position overnight I can tell you my friends every single one one of them that I know have fallen. Every single one that I know that got thrusted in right away have fallen. They didn't pay their dues. They didn't go through things. They didn't learn things. They became proud and arrogant through their position. When you give somebody a great position and they're not ready. I can guarantee you they'll become proud and they'll become arrogant. He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. Wow! See, God was preparing Joseph because this could have happened to Joseph. This could have happened to David. This could happen to you. You see, Joseph had many tests. The tests we talked about in our first sermon. Tests of purity, prosperity, of perplexity. The test of purity was a tough one. You remember Potiphar's wife tempted Joseph. She had a liking for him. And one day he was alone with her. And she wanted, the Bible says, to lie with him. He wasn't interested. He said, I can't do this against my God. I can't do this against my against Potiphar. I can't do these things. And she wanted him. And the Bible says she actually held on to him. She grabbed him and he fled from her and he lost his jacket. He lost his coat. And we mentioned that Joseph rather lose his coat than his character. He passed the test. Many tests. In Genesis chapter 21 verse 1, we see all kinds of tests and pressure that all of God's men and women have to go through the Bible tells us that Abraham was intensely tried and what does that mean God called him and told him to take his son and to sacrifice his son that was a huge test for Abraham. notice the Bible doesn't say that God tested lot lot was not the man that God was calling Abraham was And if you're called of God, Mr. Joseph, you can be sure that you will be tested. You will be tested even intensely. You can be sure of that in your experiences and what you go through. And I've heard people tell me this, oh, that was just... I don't know why I went through this, it was a waste of time. That wasn't even important. Oh, yeah, I went through it, but you know, it doesn't really matter. Let me tell you, as I've said over and over again, and I'm going to keep saying this in this series. You see, friends, if you're a Joseph, if God has His hand on your life, if you're a Josephette or a Josephine, I can tell you something right now. nothing, 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 ever wasted. No time, no experience you go through is ever wasted. Every pit you go through is important. Every prison cell experience is important. Everything, nothing, nothing is ever wasted. Nothing is ever by coincidence. Nothing ever just happens. There is purpose, there is direction, there is destiny. God has a reason why Joseph met the two men in the prison. God has a reason why Ruth happened, just so happened to meet Boaz. There's always a reason There's no coincidence. It's true. God is in control. He's a providential God and God arranged it for a purpose. Every experience, everything you go through. And so we see that God had a plan, my first point. And in the plan, my second point, there'll be pressure. There'll be some kind of pressure in God's plan. But in the pressure, my third P, there is purpose. God's plan, number one. Number two, in this plan, there's got to be some preparation. So I'm going to give you some pressure, number two. And number three, the pressure has purpose. There's a reason for your pain. There's a reason for that fire in your life. There's a reason for that pit. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. The Bible tells us, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We love quoting verse 28, but we forget to quote verse 29. We all can quote all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purposes. We know that one well. Most of us have memorized it. We forget verse 29. For whom, okay, verse 29 please. For whom He did foreknow, the foreknowledge of God. So so He he knows you, Joseph. He knows what's going on in your life, Joseph. I'm dealing with you. Watch this now. He also did predestinate to be conformed. There's the word I want you to see conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many that God has predestined you for a purpose that you are conformed to Christ that Jesus be seen in you That your life glorifies Christ That's the purpose Everything we do is that God is glorified we have a purpose. We have a destiny. We don't just have these things work out for good just so we can enjoy it and have a party. But that Christ be seen in us. You see, the issue is not here's my here's a here's a life lesson, really. The issue is not your position. It's not the fact that you might be in prison. It's not the fact that you might be in a pit. It's not your position, it's your disposition. It's what's going to be the result of your prison experience. How are you going to deal with it? What will be your attitude while you're in prison? What will be formed while you're in prison? This is what God was doing in Joseph's life. In Psalm 105, we read last week that Joseph was put in fetters and chains, but that iron was put in his back. In other words, God was performing, God was making steel as his backbone. This is what God was doing. Yes, I'm speaking about God's dealing with our attitudes, with our character. That's what he's concerned about. You see, if we are faithful in whatever state we are in, as Paul says, if we are content in whatever state we are in, that is the atmosphere in which God can work. You see, even God has a hard time, but God has a hard beginning. anything. But you see, God doesn't go against your will. There's a, there's a, there's a difficulty that arises when your attitude is wrong. But if there's contentment while you're in prison, and what I mean by contentment is, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Despite my pain, I'm going to trust you. Despite my cave, I'm going to trust you. If you have that disposition, that's the atmosphere in which God can work best in. But when there's complaining and murmuring, why Lord, how come did you not, uh, he did, and if it wasn't, and the list goes, that, that, develops bitterness, hardness of heart. Even God has a hard time dealing with that. If you don't believe me, ask the Israelites when they were in the desert. (laughs) Being faithful. See, Joseph, you never see Joseph complaining about anything. You never see Joseph saying, Oh, why am I stuck with these two men in prison? You never see Joseph saying If it was for my brothers, I would If it wasn't for it If I had more, if she didn't If only You never see Joseph ever. He trusted God. You see, friends, if you can do that, watch this now, you're ready for this? Then you qualify for promotion. You qualify for promotion. How do you get promoted? Trusting God while you're in prison, trusting God while you're in a pit, trusting God when all hell breaks loose. That's when promotion comes. Promotion never comes through complaining, promotion never comes through arguing fighting and crawling and scratching, defending yourself. Joseph never defended himself. Joseph never justified anything. He never made an excuse. Joseph had the greatest reason to be upset when his brothers, when he faced them in the palace when they came seeking food, you never see Joseph saying, "You're coming to me for food now, you miserable. you wanted me to die in a pit." and I... you never seemed, in fact, Joseph just weeps. He wept. He was overwhelmed. You meant it for evil, but." You see, this is the quality that God Wants to work in your life and in my life, Mr. Modern Day Joseph. Promotion cometh not from the east, cometh not from the west, cometh not from the north or the south, but it comes from the Lord's Psalm chapter 75. My God. You see, friends, I'm going to tell you something unlike the preaching of today, we hear over and over again. You see, God hasn't called us to be necessarily successful, prosperous. Oh, I know that people will tell you, no, 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 that's not true. Oh, it is true. God hasn't called us necessarily to be successful, but He's called us to be faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2 tells us that. It is required that a minister or his stewards, it is required. That's, in other words, the prerequisite. You got a prerequisite? There's a pre- required in, his, in the stewards that a man be found. You see prosperous there? You see intelligent there? Do you see? You see faithfulness, being faithful. And being faithful is to trust God in your situation. That's how you please Him. Or if we can just be faithful, if we can just continue to... And faithfulness gives birth to to perseverance. Faithfulness gives birth to endurance. Faithfulness gives birth to keep running this race. Faithfulness gives birth to keep on keeping on. Faith in God that will give birth to these qualities. And you can be sure, my friends, it's at that place of pressure, that pl- place of pain, whatever furnace you might be in, when it seems so difficult, too hot, tough. Yes, it's in that place where a lot of people drop out. It's in that place of pressure that a lot of people can't go on. It's in that place of pressure where, where you say, you know what, I, I just I, I, I want to give up. I know that. It happens all the time. And that's why I quoted the scripture last week in Galatians chapter 6 for not, verse 9. Let us not be weary in well, de- well doing let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season that means in a certain time, at the right time, after a few pits after a few prisons, at the right time, after a few hardships at the right time, in due season, in due se- notice season it doesn't mean you'll always be in a pit, it doesn't mean you'll always be in a prison in due season, you will reap a harvest what's the prerequisite? what's the requirement? faithfulness if you faint not Perseverance! Faith gives birth to perseverance. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the what? The righteous. Some are the afflictions of the righteous. A few? Many. Look, folks, I don't know how many, many are, but that's a lot. And in this journey, Mr. Joseph, Mrs. Josephine, you're going to have a lot of afflictions. If you don't get that, if you don't receive it, if you don't accept it, you'll be bitter and you'll be hard in your spirit for the rest of your life. Because the thing about afflictions, it can make you better, but it also can make you bitter. notice of the righteous many are the afflictions of the righteous there's a lot of important words here many, afflictions, and righteous three important words here righteous, that speaks of Joseph's that speaks of the Ruth's and the Hannah's speaks of the Mary's speaks of the Peter's and the the Paul's and the John's of this world now, just as Joseph thinks he's out of God's classroom he goes back for another class He goes for another session, another seminar in this university, in the desert, another class. And we see this everywhere, my friends, with all who God had called. There's no exceptions. If you are a Joseph, there's no exceptions. You can't get away from it. There's no shortcuts with God. There are no drive-through breakthroughs with God. If you're a Joseph or a Josephine or a Ruth, whoever you might be, if you are that person, there is not only a call in your life, not only destiny, but you're going you're gonna to have to go through things. That's just the way it is. When thou goest through the fire, Isaiah 43, not around it. When thou goest through the fire. Not around it. Our flesh wants to go around it. Our flesh doesn't want to go through it. But if you're called of God, you can be sure you're going to go through it. You've got to go through it. You've got to go through it. And if you're praying, oh Lord, bless me. Oh Lord, use me. If you want to please God in any way, you can be sure. You can expect a few pits and a few prisons. You can be sure of that. It's going to happen. Oh, the popular preaching of today, they'll never tell you that. All they'll tell you is that God wants to bless you. All they'll tell you is that God, who is a Santa Claus, will just come and give you a gift and bless you with this, and bless you, making God some cosmic Aladdin's lamp genie, which is absolutely untrue, false, and the doctrine of devils. Do not give heed to these seducing spirits and teachings. If you're praying, oh God, use me like Isaiah. Use me, Lord. Send me, Lord. You can be sure there'll be a cave that you're going to have to deal with in preparation. Yes, indeed. Welcome to God's classroom of preparation, my friend. And you know, I've shared this before. And some of the illustrations I share over and over again is by design. I've had people finally, I, I've had, I've had some, tell me, have I mean, you heard this illustration you've said before, Pastor, but I finally got it. So for somebody who hasn't got this one, maybe you'll come to me after the service and tell me, I finally got it. How many like coffee here? You and I, if we're okay. How many like tea here? Yikes. You know, coffee and tea drinkers, they're not, they're not really at, uh, you know, they're not, uh, they're not the best of them. I'm just having fun. Uh, if you're a tea drinker, you're going to love this one. You like tea? Yes. You do? Yeah. Okay. So, let me ask you if you like tea. How do you make your tea in the morning? What do you do? I just boil in water. You what? I'm boiling water. You what? I'm boiling, boiling water. water. Then what you do? Then I put tea. Then you what? I put tea inside. You put tea. Why do you boil the water? Because without hot water, without, they, without hot water, we we won't have good tea. Okay. Without hot water, you won't have good tea. Can I can I add a few more thoughts on that one? What if you put cold water? The tea won't be tea. What if I put lukewarm water? Nothing still. So the boiling water is the key, right? Thank you. So, you tea lovers that love tea, why are you complaining about the boiling water when it comes into your life? Do you not understand that it is the boiling water that allows the tea to permeate and to bring its flavor? Do you not understand it's the boiling water in your life that's causing flavor to come out of your soul? it's all in the boiling water boiling water boiling water that releases the flavor and so in our text we have God's perfect plan of preparation number one in this plan number two we will always have some form of boiling water some pressure principles that begin with P but in the pressure there's always a purpose. There's reasons so that we can be conformed, that we can look and be more like Jesus for character to be developed. Number four, and in the purpose, watch us now. Here's my fourth point that I want to expand on as we close this morning. Number four, in the purpose, there will always be provision. In God's purpose, there will always be Provision, Provision. What do I mean by provision? Well, here's some thoughts for you. A few nuggets of truth. If God brings you to it, He'll bring you through it. Where God leads, He feeds. Watch this now. Where God gives vision, there will be provision. If God has given you vision, a dream, Joseph, there will be provision. God will make a way to see it. It may not happen overnight. It might take a few pits and a few prisons. But I assure you by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ and His promises, if He's given you a vision, you can be sure there's going to be provision. Now I want you to see this. What God is about to do through Joseph requires certain things. There's three things. We're going to change from P's to F's. Principles that begin with F. Number one, God gave him a family in the midst of foreigners. God gave him food in the midst of a famine. God gave him faith in the midst of fear. First point, he gave him a family in the midst of foreigners. A family in the midst of foreigners. What does that mean? Joseph doesn't understand the language he's not a Hebrew, he's a Hebrew, he's not, a, he's not an Egyptian. Joseph could have said, wait a minute Lord, you're calling me here to Egypt to be the prophet. I don't even speak the language. Oh stay with me, we're gonna go deeper this morning. Joseph experienced culture shock. He had to shave his head, his beard, his clothing, his language, everything had to change. Joseph could have made all kinds of excuses why he doesn't want to do this mission like some of you are doing, Mr. Joseph and Mrs. Josephine. Excuses. How could I do this? How am I going to be able to connect with these people? How? How am I going to be able to do this? I don't speak, I don't... I I was doing all... I made all these excuses myself. When God called me to the ministry, I had no idea what ministry was. But when He called me to Bible college, I never read a book in my life. I didn't know how I graduated from high school, but I did. I made all kinds of excuses why I shouldn't go to Bible college. All kinds. I tell you, you couldn't believe, and I wanted to quit about four or five different times when I was in Bible college. God had to show me where he leads, he feeds. He had to show me. Where he gives vision, he'll make provision. He had to show me. God's grace. You see, it was God's grace that Joseph was able to do the things that he did. And it's by his grace that he's going to give you the power to do what you've been called to do. Verse 45. Pharaoh gives him a wife. Now watch this. Aneth, the daughter of Pataphar, the priest. And his name changed to Zavaneth, what What's that mean? It means watch us now. This is this is Pharaoh giving this name. It means revealer of secrets or God speaks. Now this is extremely important. It seems kind of strange. By marrying this Egyptian woman that Joseph has to do, it means something. God's will is about to be unfold and to come to pass. It doesn't make sense that a Hebrew is to marry Egyptian. In fact, God never wanted them to mingle. But you see, sometimes God does something outside of what you think. Of what you might understand. And there was a reason why Joseph had to marry this woman. You see, it was God's plan and distinct purpose for the Hebrew nation to be born in Egypt where Joseph was able to bring his family to Goshen and settled, but he had to be an Egyptian first. And he was naturalized an Egyptian when he got married to this woman. Are you all with me? Oh, my friends, what we see is God's working behind The scenes. God doing things that we don't understand. And that's why I said to you, what is it required for a servant, a a steward, that he is faithful? Because sometimes you're going to go through something that doesn't make sense. Sometimes things just, you won't understand them. And it's only your faith in God and who He is that's going to propel you through it. This is how you get promoted. And so Joseph gets this wife and he has two children and a family is born and these two children become incredible life lessons. He calls one Manasseh and he calls the other Ephraim. Manasseh means God's called me to forget. Ephraim means that he is he brings fruit or fruitfulness. Ephraim, fruitfulness. Now I got to pause for a moment because this is how we know and see and understand the reason why God promoted Joseph. Something happened inside of Joseph before he had those two sons. Something happened inside of Joseph while he was going through the pits and the prisons that propelled him to call his children Manasseh and Ephraim. Why does he call his son Manasseh first? Why does he call second his son Ephraim? There's a reason why Joseph called Manasseh first and Ephraim second. There's a reason. Why didn't he call his firstborn Ephraim? Why? But he called his firstborn Manasseh. Why? Why? Well, we're going to go a little deeper. Chapter 41, verses 51 and 52. I want to read it, and I want you to see how powerful this is. And I did mention it last week in passing. And Joseph called the name of his what? Firstborn what? Manasseh. And what does it mean? For God said, He hath made me to forget all my what? This could be interpreted pain. And all my father's house. What do you mean, my father? What happened in his father's house? He has brothers who hated him, who were jealous of him, who were envious of him, and they're the ones that cast him into a pit. And Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. Verse 52, please. And the name of the second called Ephraim. What does it mean? For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my... How can I be fruitful while I'm in pain? How can I be fruitful while I'm in a pit? How can I be fruitful while I'm in prison? Because it's not the place, it's the person. What's inside that can make you fruitful? In the land of my affliction. Many are the afflictions of many. Affliction, affliction, affliction. God made me forget speaks of forgiveness. God has made me forget speaks of bitterness. God has made me forget in my affliction those experiences I had with my brothers and all the torment the jealousy the ridicule they didn't care as they threw me into a pit I was crying and they left me to die God has caused me to forget means I forgave them I let it go wow Then he called the second son Ephraim. In other words, God has made me to be fruitful in the land of my pain, the land of my affliction. Listen, my friends, you can be fruitful when you are in pain. You can be fruitful, but you can't be fruitful unless you have forgiven first you can't be fruitful unless you have dealt with that problem first you can't be fruitful if you're holding on to strife and envy and bitterness doesn't mean you have to love like everybody there's going to be, the Bible speaks, live as peaceably as you can with others in other words, Paul is saying, do your best to live in peace doesn't mean everything's going to work out, but just do your best if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If that person's hard headed and he does this, it doesn't, there's nothing you can do about it. But, but, but try to live in peace. All oh, of that slander. Listen, my brothers and my sisters, blowing out other people's candles will not make your candle shine any brighter? How many people put others down to lift up themselves? Gotta go! You see, by calling his son Manasseh, he's saying, I'm looking forward, I'm not going backwards anymore. I'm not going to live in my past anymore. I'm not going to let my past control my life. I'm not going to let my past dictate to me how to live in the present. I'm not going to let my past form opinions of all the other things that I might go through or look at people the same way because of that one person I had to deal with 30 years ago. That doesn't mean everybody's like that. Oh, come on. Somebody's got to talk to me. How many people don't want a relationship today because they've had a terrible one 13 years ago? How many people had an experience with somebody of a race or somebody of a different cultural background and all of a sudden, everybody's like that. Hmm? Oh, come on. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Gotta go! Can't stay. Can't stay. Can't stay in the heart of Joseph. Can't do it. You see, unforgiveness will take you backwards. Never will bring you forward. Never. And I've seen and heard people who don't even know God being able to forgive. I was watching a documentary. I like watching these crime shows sometimes. Uh, maybe I watch too much of them, but uh, I, I like them because there's so many left lessons. So many things I learned. And there was a woman whose son was brutally murdered by this man. Brutally. She was no Christian by any stretch. She, I mean, this, her son was brutally killed. She loved her son. The court date came up, and there she was, and the murderer of her son was convicted, and sometimes in these cases, the, the victims or the families, they come and they speak to the you know the person who's committed the crime. You know what I'm talking about. And so this woman comes up and looks at her son's murderer, and with tears streaming down her eyes, she said, "You know?" I forgive you. And she was weeping. And she said something interesting. She says, because if I don't, I quote her now, I'll never be able to go on with my life. And she's true. You see, forgiveness doesn't only set the other person free, but it also sets you free. You can write that down if you like. See, Joseph would have never been able to go on in his ministry if he didn't forgive his brothers. I don't think we fully understand that. And so Joseph is saying, the blessing of God has caused me to forget my pain, to forgive my brothers. And then the second child, Ephraim, faithfulness. This literally means, in the land of my affliction, I was able to be fruitful. I'm still able to be fruitful. Listen, my friend, Listen Joseph, listen Josephine, you can't be fruitful in the land of your affliction no matter how painful it is unless you are able to forgive. Joseph could have been filled with bitterness as I mentioned earlier. But he never made excuses. Life lesson, life lesson. He trusted God. Listen friends, you don't know what God is making while you're aching. You can definitely write that down. You don't know what God is making while you are aching. I got a good song. We We should make a song out of this one. Maybe we should. You don't know what God is making while you are aching. But it's true. You don't know what God is doing behind the scenes in that moment of affliction. You don't know what God is weaving, sculpting, behind the scenes. Remember my dear friend, God is the potter and you are the clay. He's working something out. He's dealing with something. You don't know what God is doing in that crying, in that moment of suffering, in that moment of pain. You may feel isolated. You might feel dislocated and disbobulated. But you can be sure God hasn't forsaken you. He's up to something. It's only when we look back and we see that God had a plan. God had a plan. God has a plan. This is what this sermon's all about. There's preparation in his plan. There'll be pressure in his plan. There is purpose in this plan, and there's provision in His plan. God supplied all the needs of Joseph. He was never in lack through all of it. He chose to forgive. And I've said this over and over again. I'll say it again. What you don't resolve, you will repeat. What you don't resolve, you will repeat. If you haven't forgiven, you will continue not to forgive. You'll continue to hold on bitterness. It'll become a pattern in your life. And so God's blessed Joseph with a family. Number two, then God gave him food in the midst of a famine. Food in the midst of a famine. Here is Joseph in the will of God. Where? In Egypt. He's in Egypt, friends. This would be the last place you'd think that God would bless you. God blesses you in Egypt? Really? Oh, my friends, but notice the contrast. While his brothers, Yaya, the Hebrews, were safe away from Egypt in the land of Canaan, in the place that God wanted them to be secure and at rest. But it is filled with famine. Filled with famine in Canaan. And Joseph, who's in Egypt, apparently in the worst place you can be, there's a blessing. There's a feast in the midst of famine there's a feast in the midst of famine. point, life lesson it's not where you are, it's who you are it's not where you are, it's not the place it's who you are, it's the person you see, Joseph was in prison and he was praising God giving God all the glory, giving God all the praise it reminds me of the book of Job chapter 35 verse number 10 what does it say, he gives me songs in the day? no, he gives me songs in the night I can sing while it's night I can still praise him in prison. I can still praise him while I'm in the pit. He gives me songs to sing. You see your song is never never dependent upon where you're at. This song is never depending on the experience you're going through. The song is because of who God is. I'm going to praise God for who God is. Not because I'm in a pit, not because I'm in a, I'm just going to praise him for who he is. Oh that man would praise him David said. It doesn't matter if I'm in the pit. It doesn't matter if I'm in the prison. Oh, hey, it doesn't matter if I'm in the palace. I'm gonna still praise you see that was Joseph it's not where you are it's who you are number three then God gave him faith in the time of fear verse 45 notice Joseph is in Egypt but he never forgot God he never forgot his God that's what happens to many of us we forget God while we're in Egypt And Pharaoh called Joseph's name. Look what he called. He gave him a wife. He went all the land of Egypt. He never forgot God. He praised God everywhere he went. And I'm going to give you a scripture in a few moments that, that, that culminates everything I'm saying this morning. Pharaoh gives Joseph a new name. In this new land, here is a Pharaoh, an Egyptian, pagan, in every way. This is important. What's the point? What's the point? The point is, Pharaoh saw that Joseph feared God. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Look at verses 38 and 39 of the same chapter. Verses 38, And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this is a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Pharaoh says the Spirit of God is in Joseph. This is a pagan! Recognizes that God is with him! Verse 39, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee thee, thee, all this, there is none so discreet and wise as, as you joseph what am i saying pharaoh saw something in joseph he saw god in joseph can i ask you a question mr joseph can i ask you a question miss miss joseph what do people see in you oh but, 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 I'm, I'm i'm going through something now i'm struggling you know i i'm in a pit right now you know i got problems at home I, Joseph never said that. Because what Pharaoh said to Joseph in the palace could have been said to Joseph when he was in prison. The very same thing. It's not where you are, it's who you are. My God. I don't know who needs to hear this word today. I need to hear it. There was evidence. Something was seen. And finally, what do we see? Not only his perfect plan of preparation, purpose for pressure, personal provision, but finally, God's providential plan for ministry. What was God's plan for Joseph? What was God's plan for Joseph and all these things he had to go through? There had to be a reason. What is God's plan? But friends, let me just say to you, as modern day Josephs, all of us have a calling in our lives. If you're called of God, there's a reason. You might not be called to preach behind the pulpit. You not, might not be called to travel throughout the world as an evangelist. But all of us have a reason. If you're a child of God, there's a reason that you have a calling in your life. We just read this in Jeremiah 29. I have a plan. To give you purpose. We just read this in Proverbs 23. Surely, surely, a future hope for you. There's a hope for you. There's a plan for you. Two scriptures are clear. They bring it out. There's a purpose. There's destiny. If you're a child of God, there's a reason. You don't just get up and go to bed. There's some, you don't just come to church and warm up with you. There is something specific. There's a call. You might not be called to be a prime minister like Joseph. But God has called you nonetheless for a purpose. God has called you nonetheless for a purpose. You are his ambassadors. You are his joint heir. That speaks of purpose. You are a purpose. You're an ambassador. You represent the king. There's a reason. You're called the salt and the light of the world. There's a plan. And in this plan, now watch it. We talked about a journey. And I don't want you to miss this. In this plan, it's twofold. God has a plan. But in the plan, it's twofold. What do I mean? First of all, it's immediate. And second of all, It's ultimate. There's an immediate plan for you. Period. But then there's an ultimate plan. This might take time. This is a process. We get lost in this some of us fly away during this time some of us in this ultimate plan where it gets tough and you gotta go through pits and prisons we can't stand the heat and we try to run away but God has an ultimate plan he's got an immediate plan for you Mr. Joseph and he's got an ultimate plan he's got an ultimate plan he's got destiny for you notice verses 56 and 57 this became worldwide recognition all who were hungry yes Egypt became a world power why? why? because Joseph was led by God to provide a feast When in a time of famine, in a time, he told Pharaoh to double up. And Pharaoh says, listen, you got a problem now. All the nations are coming to see Pharaoh. What does Pharaoh do? He says, go see Joseph. A slave! Go see Joseph. Gotta close. Gotta close this morning. Chapter 42, verse 2. We see something happening. chapter 42 verses 1 and 2 Joseph's father Jacob who's in the land of Canaan watch us now is going to hear and have some news that's going to change his life forever and here we see God's ultimate plan manifest Jacob says I hear that there's corn I hear that there's bread I hear there's a harvest going on I hear there's a feast going on in Egypt he speaks to his son says Reuben Simeon, Levi, I want you to go, go to Egypt. We need some bread, we're starving here. Go to Egypt, go down to Egypt. Jacob had no idea that God's ultimate plan was about to manifest. See, God put a famine in the land for a reason. God put a famine in Canaan for a reason. God put a famine in the house of Jacob, who is God's man. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, a patriarch. God put a famine in the patriarch's house, in the patriarch's land for a reason. Yeah, yeah, not the devil. God put a famine. Not the enemy. God put a famine. There's a reason why the famine. Here it is. And so in this famine, and Joseph is called, from the pits to Egypt to marry this woman to become an Egyptian look how God is working and so now now Jacob tells his sons to go go to Egypt he didn't know that he was going to tell him to go see his son he thought his son was dead go to Egypt we need some bread and they go and they meet their brother in Egypt and through Joseph's wisdom the family is reunited that's God's ultimate plan to go to Goshen the 70 of them and that Israel would become a nation this was God's ultimate plan Israel becoming a nation look at the journey it took for that nation to come about look at the people he used and the experiences of these people wow What a story. God working behind the scenes. What's the application? What do we learn? That God can cause you to forget your past, my friend. Which means your ability to move on. God can heal that pain. You can have an Ephraim. But in order to have an Ephraim, you must have a Manasseh first. He is the one who can restore the years that the locusts have eaten. He is the one who can make the crooked path straight, Mr. Joseph, as he did. God can bring healing no matter how painful, no matter how difficult your affliction is. You can have a Manasseh experience in the time of affliction. No more excuses, my friend. You can't hold on to bitterness anymore. Because if you do, you will never graduate in God's university. You will still be in grade one or grade two for the rest of your life. This needs to stop today. This is the hour to move on from Manasseh to Ephraim. This is the hour to experience an Ephraim, a revival. But you can't unless you have a Manasseh. That's the key. And some of you are wondering why you're still stuck in a rut. Some of you are wondering why you're still taking laps around Mount Sinai. Is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible that you're still... Holding on to bitterness, to jealousy, to slander, to strife, to unforgiveness. Is it possible that you haven't experienced Manasseh yet? You're holding on to your past, can't get forward. But God has called us to be Ephraims, to be the light. Hereby is my father glorified that ye bear much Ephraim, much fruit. This is my calling, my life, my raison d'etre, my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to be. Joseph not only becomes a blessing to his people, the Bible says, but to the whole world. The whole world was blessed by a slave, an ex-slave. Joseph fed the world. And this is what Jesus told Peter, represents the church. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, I do, Lord. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. Well, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. And then Jesus tells the church, go into all the world and feed them, bless them, preach the gospel. Do you see the parallels? You, as a believer... Joseph, you're called to feed. You're called. That's why I said what I said that we have a calling. in your own way, where God's put you, you're called to feed. You have a great calling, Mr. Modern- day Joseph, to feed the world, to feed the sheep. Don't let Egypt keep you down. Don't let the pits and prisons keep you behind bars. Don't let bitterness, strife and envy keep you in bondage. It's time for Manasseh to rise. It's time to let go. So you can enter into your destiny. For life is your story, my friend. Your story. Life is your testimony. Tell it well, my friend. Just like Pharaoh Was able to see it in Joseph. Tell it well. Let it be seen. Let it be seen. And so, how will you be remembered? How will you be remembered? Can we stand, please? every head bow just for a moment please those on Facebook and YouTube you can bow with me if you can because I need to ask a very important question here I just said earlier that everybody has a calling if you're a believer you're called to feed period if you're called to feed you're called to shine for Jesus you are his ambassador that's an automatic calling in God's plan which is immediate and ultimate in your life. See, the life of Joseph is an application to you right now in the 21st century. Things haven't changed with God. He's still working. The way he worked with Joseph, he's working in your life. You may not be a Trudeau or a Biden, but that doesn't matter, does it? you might be a Trudeau and a Biden to your home, to your family to your church to your school to your neighbors you have destiny but if you're holding on to bitterness and you're holding on to what's happened 20 years ago 15 years ago, last year you will never enter into your destiny you will not you will never experience an Ephraim and that's what Jesus calls us. Fruit bearers. This is how God is glorified. Every head bowed. How many say, Pastor? You're speaking to me. I'm not. The Holy Spirit is. If I'm speaking to you, you can forget about it. It won't last. If I'm speaking to you, then this will go nowhere. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that's different. If you believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about something, I want you to raise your hand in this house. Remember, stop fighting, stop resisting, stop making excuses. If God is speaking to you, I want you to raise your hand because this is a new day for you. Thank you. Anybody else? quite a few hands? Quite a few hands? Okay. Can put them down. I'll address those on Facebook right now, those on YouTube. I'm speaking to you right now. Maybe, maybe God is calling you to do something that you've been fearful of doing, making it right with some people. You've got bitterness in your heart. It's time for forgiveness to rise up. It's time To let go of your past. Remember, it's not the place. It's the person. Joseph was blessed in the land of his affliction. Stop focusing on your affliction. Affliction. Joseph was blessed in his affliction. Joseph grew in his affliction. to let go my friend on Facebook it's time to let go my friend on YouTube and it's time to let go my friend here at logos those that raised their hands time to go a little deeper a little further I want you to get out of your pew and I want you to come to the front you might say I don't want people to see well that's okay (laughs) Is is, is that the problem does it really matter who sees who doesn't see I want you to get up from your pew and I want you to come to the front because everybody at one point or another had to deal with some kind of forgiveness issue I don't care who you are so get out of your pew I saw at least 15 or 20 hands I want you to come up here and I want you today today we're making it right today is a new day today is a day that Manasseh rises Manasseh begins to rise and Ephraim begins to form. Manasseh begins to rise and Ephraim begins to form. We're going to sing a chorus and then we're going to pray. Pastor Josh. like Joseph when he was in the prison, he never he never said anything against you, he never questioned you I want to honor you by my life Lord, by my relationships I want to honor you Lord in dealing with my family my friends I want to honor you Lord by giving you my life, I want to honor you by making things right this is my desire oh God, to honor you you see friends, this Is why Joseph did it. He loved God. He wanted to honor him. He was faithful to the end. These are the ingredients of modern day Joseph's that God is looking for today. This is my desire. My desire to honor you, Lord. This is my desire. desire. Hear our cries, oh God. Works in such crazy ways at times, doesn't he? Many years ago, somebody did probably one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my whole life against me. It was at this time. I I it was so painful I didn't, I wanted to quit ministry. I couldn't go on. It was so painful it kept me down. And it's hard to kind of keep me down, to be honest with you. This kept me down. I I was absolutely devastated beyond measure, beyond description. He ruined, tried to ruin my reputation, my family, my ministry completely, and he almost succeeded. After that, What I was going through, I had to take a sabbatical. I began to have a prolonged fast that consumed me for days. And I didn't know if I was going to survive this, honestly. And I mean this sincerely. And so it was around that time, I was with my kids, the basement of where we were were living and we were watching a kids program for my children they were young 5, 6 years old 7 and I was watching a, a Christian kids program and uh, in this program one of the characters the Veggie Tales heard of Veggie Tales anybody? Yeah. Veggie Tales stood up and said you need to forgive him and the spirit of God touched my heart that day from a veggie tale character <laughs> and the Lord spoke to my heart so you need to forgive this person who's hurt you so badly forgive I'm, I can't even I can't even move it was so powerful it was so strong that I got up from the basement he didn't live far from my house so I was walking towards the house and I was petrified I was so scared, I was, I didn't even know what I was going to say, but I, I just obeyed the voice of the Lord, the Spirit of God, and as I walked towards his house, he was washing his car, <laughs> he was washing his car, and I went up to him, and this guy was big, very big, very strong. And I mean very big and very strong. And he hated me with a passion. Actually, he wanted to kill me. When I went up to him, I said his name. And I said, I'm so sorry for what has happened to your life. Because at the end, he also had to leave the church and he looked at me with black piercing eyes that were so piercing he says you better tell the people you were wrong how do I respond to that so I looked at him again I said I said look I'm just here for forgiveness will you please forgive me and he was about to actually take me and punch me and somehow he stumbled and he didn't come towards me and I was able to walk away. And then he stopped. He could have pursued me, but he stopped. And I said, God, that, that wasn't very fruitful. <laughs> what just happened here? And then it dawned on me. God wanted me to do that, not so much for him, but for me. See, I was set free that day. See, sometimes people won't forgive you for whatever reason. But that doesn't mean you can't forgive them. My life changed that day. One of the greatest experiences of my life. Something so dark. So please, my friends, if you're saying to yourself, I don't know how I can forgive this person. And I believe somebody... Are doing. that's why I shared this story because I believe somebody is grappling with this now Facebook, YouTube, maybe here I don't know who you are but God will give you the strength, friends and even if that person doesn't forgive you it will set you free Amen I want you to put your hand to your heart and I'm going to pray those here at Logos those on Facebook and YouTube I know it's not easy especially if you've been really hurt and you know that they were wrong and you know it I know it's tough but remember God is working in you and it's not going to be easy and so Father I lift up every person here who's had a Joseph experience with his brothers I lift up every Josephette or Josephine here who's struggled with some kind of relationship that they were hurt so terribly. I pray for everyone in this room, those on Facebook and YouTube who are dealing with situations that are so hard. They've been hurt so terribly that they find it difficult to move on and harboring ill feelings. Father, I pray for them, just as you did in my life, Lord, as you did in Joseph's life, most of all, as it was done through Jesus, when he was nailed to the cross, he looked at his accusers and forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father I ask that you will help every person that's been afflicted with some form of unforgiveness an affliction that has pained them to the very core. That this day, today, that Manasseh will rise up in our spirit. Or that God has called me to forget in my land of affliction, in my, la- my time of pain. God has caused me to forgive, to let go. I pray that Manasseh will rise within us, Lord the spirit of Manasseh, the spirit of forgiveness will rise up in every Joseph and Josephine's heart this morning. That Lord, when they face their accusers, when they face their brethren, when they face that obstacle of affliction, that person, whoever he might be, whoever she might be, I pray for your grace, the grace you gave Joseph to forgive will be the same grace that causes us to forgive so that we can move on into Ephraim so we can move on to fruitfulness Father I speak it forth by faith Lord that Ephraim will rise today because we've had a manasseh What I'm going to ask you to do, brothers and sisters, this is where it starts. I'm going to ask you to bring up that person in that situation or persons. I'm speaking to every person in this room and on Facebook, YouTube. I want you to bring that person before the Lord. And I want you to spend about a minute now. I'm going to just going to be quiet and, and forgive that person before God. And then once that's done, you need to do it personally. Obviously, it's not here in this room. But it means somewhere down the road, you've got to contact that person. You. You see, when it comes to forgiveness, it's always your turn. Stop waiting for others to come and seek. It's always your turn. So I'm going to give you a minute now to bring that person or persons before the Lord. And Pastor Joshua, maybe we can just sing that source. Give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. My favorite chorus. Can we sing it again and again? It doesn't matter. I just want us to sing it. As we're praying before the Lord, this is my prayer, O Lord. Clean hands and clean heart.